0: Good morning, everyone. I am so glad that we are here in the house of worship today. Thank you for coming out to Crestview Baptist Church for our homecoming celebration. We just welcome you. and We're glad to have you here with us. If you're a visitor and you've never filled out a visitor's form, if you would fill one of those out there in the pew in front of you, uh, just to give us a record of your attendance. That way we could maybe get to know you a little better. Um, Look forward to that. I have quite a few announcements as we start. And I'm going to warn you, most of them are coming directly from me. They have to do with youth and children's stuff. So summer is here, and we are in full swing. And uh, I want to, first of all, I want to let you know that there is a meal right after church. Uh everyone is invited to attend with us. Uh I have not been out there since the goodies started coming in, but everything is really good and we just invite you to stick and stay around with us. Um and there's also a finance committee meeting after the meal today. If you're on the finance committee, you probably know that already. But I figured Mr. Jim would want me to remind you regardless. Um there is a WMU meeting Thursday at Ginger Hubbard's house, so keep that in mind if you're on the WMU, and probably, we're going to have a work day Thursday? Do what? Yes, we, are. we are having a, so WMU meeting Thursday and a work day Thursday at 6 o'clock, both of them, so... Uh, keep those in mind, and you can go to your, uh, you can join one of those. If you're a, if you're a man, if, if you're if you're a man, and you go to WMU, I don't. I guess they will let you in. I don't know. They might. I don't know. But uh, I'd probably just come to the work day. So that's what I would do. Uh, so keep those in mind. Now, I have a lot of stuff going on this week too, and I'm gonna get into these announcements. First of all, tomorrow, anybody who can come and help. Um, we're going to prepare for an event with, um, that we are partnering with Hands-On Missions, and this event takes place at Eastside Church on Thursday. We're having a ice cream, um, we're providing free ice cream Thursday, and we're going to be doing some creative way to tell Bible stories. Now, the reason I said tomorrow is because if you want to go with me, we're going to canvas the community, youth or any adults who would like to go and help. Um, we're going to go canvas the communities around Eastside Baptist Church tomorrow at 4.30. So if you'd meet me here at 4, we're going to go do that. And um, and then I'll have, what I'll do is I'm not sure what time we'll get back, so I'll have your kids text you as we get to head back. And that is a good way to get out into the community and share the gospel with other people. Um, so move on to Thursday, like I said, At 4.30 at Eastside, we're having the event that we're partnering with Hands-On Mission. And uh, if you'll meet here at 4 o'clock, we're going to be over there at 4.30. And um, we're going to be involved with that, sharing the gospel with the community. And then Saturday, we're going to go out into the community once again, this time in the community around here. And we're going to go canvas for Bible school. You're going to start seeing bi- lots and lots of Bible school signs pop up this week. You're going to see... Uh, you may come home and have a door tag on your door Saturday about Bible school. And if you do, invite somebody to Bible school. We're going, to, But Bible school is coming up. But Saturday, we're going to meet here at 10 o'clock. We're going to go out. We're going to canvas the community. We're going to grab some pizza for lunch. And then we're going to go to... Miss Pam, Pam Hamrick's house, and we're going to gather some rocks that she's got that we're going to use for decorations at Bible school. And then, the, the, the kicker's the next part, youth, we're going to go swimming in their pool afterwards. So, and uh, hopefully the weather will line up with that. And don't forget about Bible school coming up the 27th through the 30th of this month. And that being said, my last announcement is... Wednesday at 5.30 in the youth building. If you want to help with Bible school, whether or not you came to the first meeting or not, and you want to come and you want to help with Bible school, we're going to have a final meeting. Make sure we got everything nailed down. I still need a few volunteers. I need someone to do recreation. And uh, I'm probably going to need someone to uh, be there if we have older kids because I have, I have had some... Older kids ask about coming, and so I wanted to make a class available for that. So uh, I'm going to need someone to usher them around. So if you want to come out to that Bible school meeting, come out at 5.30 Wednesday, and we're going to get all the final details nailed down for that. I don't think I have any more announcements. So at this time, I just want to invite you to turn your hearts toward God and focus on worshiping Him this morning.
1: Thank you, Chad. If you don't know by now, today is homecoming. It is the actual anniversary of Crestview Baptist Church having its very first meeting as a church. That took place on June 13th, 1993. And today is June 13th, 2021. It's our birthday today as a church and we are here to celebrate that but more importantly we are here to worship and praise our lord and savior jesus christ so thank you for being here this morning as chad said we are having a meal afterward and everybody is invited to stay listen i don't want to hear i didn't bring anything so i can't stay yes you can there is nothing in the bylaws. There's nothing in the county ordinances. There is nothing anywhere that says, there is nothing in God's Word that says if you didn't bring something, you can't stay and eat. So you have no excuse. Please stay and join us in fellowship with us after the service today. But as we start today, there are a couple of prayer requests that I need to, to, to make you aware of. First, Rick Stowe's baby sister has cancer. And they're giving her, what, Donna, three weeks? Please be in prayer for her. Also, this is Rick's first time being back in our sanctuary. And he is dealing with kidney stones right now. So those of you that have had kidney stones, you understand what he's going through. But he is here to worship with us this morning because God is more powerful than those kidney stones. God is more powerful than that cancer. So pray for Rick's sister. Pray for Rick. Also, Kim Pendleton is back in the hospital. She's been in the hospital since Wednesday. Please pray for her. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago that she was continuing to lose weight. She's still not gaining weight. Now she's having some chest pains. I think they've got scheduled tomorrow a a stress test, a nuclear stress test, to help determine if there's anything going on with her heart. Please pray for Kim, Jerry, and Alex and the rest of the family. She has battled uh, this cancer so hard. That's clear. Now she's having other health issues. So please pray for Kim that God will intervene and that God would strengthen her body and heal her. Also, continue to pray for us as a church as we seek to do God's will as we move forward. And pray for those sitting around you. I shared this morning in our prayer time, I 100% believe and feel that somebody's going to accept Christ today. In a group this size, there's somebody here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. We want to give you that opportunity today. So pray that God's Spirit would move, that hearts would be broken, and that God would be glorified today through somebody coming to salvation in Jesus Christ. So at this time, please join me in prayer as we begin our service together. Dear Lord, we come before you humbly, bow before your throne. You are the great I am. You are the maker of all things, dear Lord. And you told Moses that he would know you on a totally different level than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did. But dear Lord, we know you in such a different way than Moses even knew you. Because we know you through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. We have been adopted into your family and we can say with certainty that we are the children of the living God. And we praise and worship you for that. Dear Lord, you have done so much for us. Over the course of these so many years of us being a church, we have seen you move. We have seen you heal people. We have seen you strengthen. We have seen you meet the needs when we thought there was no way that those needs could be met. And dear Lord, we have seen you bless us even in the midst of this pandemic. We have seen you answer prayers We have seen you do what we thought was impossible, but dear Lord, you did it. And we give you all the honor and praise for it all. Dear Lord, thank you for those that are here today in person and those joining us online as we celebrate our risen Savior today. Dear Lord, as we go through this service, we have a lot of things going on. And we've got a schedule. But dear Lord, I ask you right now that you take control of that schedule. And if there's something that you want done, that you would do it. Because we are here to serve you and worship you this morning. But above all, dear Lord, I ask that if there is someone that does not know you as their Savior, that they would be so uncomfortable. They would be under such conviction from your spirit this morning that they would not be able to sit still. And that when the invitation is given, that they would come running down the aisle to accept you as their Savior and allow you to start working and changing them from the inside out. And dear Lord, I pray that everything that I say this day, everything that Chad says, everything that Sandra leads us to sing would be to your honor and glory. Dear Lord, we give it all to you today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen.
2: Homecoming seems to be the time of the church where we all remember those that have gone on before us and we rejoice with them. But have you thought about when we join them? Oh, what a glorious day that is going to be. So when we sing, when we all get to heaven, that is such a, a happy, rejoicing song. But not everyone can sing that. When we all means this special group, that, as already was saying, has accepted Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. So if you are a Christian and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you know when you get to heaven you're going to bow down and be worshiping and praising him, that is that day that we will be rejoicing when we all get to heaven. So let's stand and turn our hymnals to page 514, and we'll sing the first and the last verses when we all get to heaven. <clears> Thank <throat> you.
0: I am excited to be here in this baptismal pool again. It's been a while, and this has been something that uh, has been a little while coming. Um, I want to introduce you to a young lady right now. This is Miss Betsy Barton. So the microphone picks us up. I don't think that'll be a problem for me. Uh, but Miss Betsy comes to us today and she came uh, several months back and told me she wanted to get baptized. And I said, Well, let's sit down and talk about this a little bit. And we sat down and talked. And uh, I, she went home and talked to her mom and dad. And I was able to pray with this young lady. And Help guide her to faith in Jesus Christ. And today, Miss Betsy comes to us as a candidate of baptism and joining the church. So I want to bring her up here today. So this is Miss Betsy. She's one of the sweetest little girls that you'll ever meet. I think sometimes. She gives me some pretty mean looks sometimes. <laughs> but. I think it's all I think it's all talk is what that is, but uh, Betsy, you come here today to be baptized to state to your church that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, isn't that right? Isn't that right? That's awesome. So guess what? You know that song we sing when we all get to heaven? The moment, not now, not as soon as I dip you into this water, but the moment. That you accepted Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior. Your, you had your reservation for that day. That when we all get to heaven, on a day of rejoicing that will be. Isn't that exciting? So, Betsy, as we're turning this way, and we'll grab my arm right here. Put your arm right here. Grab the other one. Betsy Bartram, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son. And the
1: Holy Spirit. Isn't that exciting? Well, we have come to the time in our service that we call a time of remembrance. we always on homecoming read the names of those of our church that have gone on to be with their Savior. And we light a single candle for all of those. But then we also have six candles because since our last homecoming, we've had six saints go on to meet the Lord. And as I read those names, we're going to light a candle in their memory. So, as I read these names, just continue to pray for these families. But I'm going to start back in 1996, was our first member that passed away. Forrest Blanton, Ima Jean Harris, Richard Beeson, Margareta Blanton, Joe Williams, Bud Waters, Graham Cummings, Kay Lemons, Fran Waters, Hoyt Hicks, Amos Norman, Buford Hamrick, Glenn Baldwin, James Blanton, Bill Carpenter, Homer Ward, Ray Mowry, Beth Parsons, Gerald Bradley, Martha Gates, Ben Wesson, Doug Davis, Guy Harris, Max Jones, Nina Jones, Ruth Wesson, Johnny Norman, Bob Wiggins, Shirley Williams, Deborah Stone, Bill Pearson, Nathan Beck, Royce Bryant, Bill Anthony, Pat Gardner, Wiley Hamrick, Doris Devon, Stan Bonan, Mel Campos, Faye Mowry, Betsy Rom, Becky Williams. Don Romm. Agnes Wynn. Tommy Talent. Larry Murray. Garvis Strickland. Wayne Moore. Jackie McSwain. T.J. Stedham. Connie Davis. Betty Walker. Carol Wright. Helen Brackett. Beth Wesson, Tom Wright, Robert Hamrick, Virginia Baldwin, Rotha Richard, Donna Miles, Robert Miles, Cliff Owens, David Lale, David Kahn, Aletha Ridings, Bobby Ramsey, Ray Bridges, Francis Wright, Melinda Humphreys, Harold Allen, Sybil Wilson, J.C. Sanders. And then last year, on homecoming, Don Kahn passed away on June 14th, 2020. If you could come and light his candle. And David Webb, our chairman of the deacons, are going to come and light the candle for the remaining names on this list. Billy Smith passed away on August 8th, 2020. Francis Bradley passed away November 16th, 2020. Margie Smith passed away March 5th, 2021. Doug Carroll passed away on May 9th, 2021. And Ralph Elliott passed away May 28th, 2021. We always say, live your life in such a way where the pastor does not have to lie about you at your funeral. These lived their life in such a way that they edified Christ and showed that they knew Jesus Christ as their Savior. So this is not the end for them. While their body is gone, their spirit still lives and Their spirit is in the presence of their Savior, praising His name forevermore. Let's pray. Dear Lord, as we have lit these candles in honor of those that have gone on before us, dear Lord, we have hope through the blood of Jesus Christ that we will see them again, that we will join them at the throne of grace, worshiping and praising your name for all eternity. Dear Lord, I ask you to be with their families as they are still missed and they are still loved. Give them the peace that only you can and help us to continue the legacy of those faithful servants that have gone before us that we may be the disciples that you have called us to be. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen.
3: Je
0: Uh, because i 'm not going to have all the kids come down today, so that way, when I finished, Miss Faith is going to meet us at the back door and we 're going to go out to children 's church. But I wanted to talk today, and I was trying to figure out what to talk about, and um, I really just going to use this time as an opportunity to talk about the church for the kids, and if if not this part, if this part 's over the kids heads i 'm sorry. But I just want to start by saying thank you for allowing me and my family to be part of this church. Last um, last Sunday, or the Sunday before, marked three years us coming to the church. And it has been a life-changing experience for me as a minister and as a person. But the most important thing I I wanted to talk about today was... What makes the church? We look, and you look around the church, and you can say, well, you know, we have a nice, a really nice building and a nice clock tower and a steeple and a, a fellowship hall, not a building. Three years, I finally get used to saying fellowship hall, not building, because I was, always grew up, we had a fellowship building. We had to leave the building to go to over there. We have a fellowship hall Those things don't make up this church. They make up this building. What makes up this church is each and every person that is here, every week, whether you come once or you come, or you do come every single week, the love that these people, that that they get when they walk into this church. I've heard so many people say they come to our church and the reason that they decide to stick around is just the friendliness and the love of the people in the church. And I'm just so grateful for that. Back in... uh, I'm going to look at some Scripture in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And this is when Jesus first mentioned the church and what the church would be. And then it said, And I say to you that you... Or Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. What made the church was Christ going and standing firm against Satan and laying down his life for us. And what makes the church today is each and every one of us who are willing to come up and stand and stand for the truth, share the gospel, and come here and love each other despite of the things that are going on in the world around us. And that's what the kids are going to talk about today, is that this building, that's what we're going to talk about with them, is this building is not the church. Because in 100, 200, 300, 400 years, however long if the building started to fall around it. People would say "And it's, it's an old abandoned church if, it, if, if the building started to fall. But the church were the people and the church moved to wherever the people are. So it wouldn't matter if we were to have some kind of natural disaster and we would have to meet in a tent in the parking lot. We would still be the church. And I'm so grateful and thankful for that. And I just wanted to spend my time to thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of that. Let's go to the Lord and bow our heads in prayer. God, thank you for this day for allowing us to be here to celebrate the anniversary of our church and to honor people who've gone on this year before us. Lord, we're so grateful for everything that you do for us, Lord. But we're grateful most of all for your love that we through Jesus Christ on the cross, him dying and raising again to save us from our sins. And purchase our ticket by grace to one day spend eternity with you. All this we ask in your name, God. Amen. And if the kids would line up, Miss Face back there, and we're going to walk through the building and out to the youth building.
4: i mm-hmm.
1: As I mentioned before, Crestview Baptist Church began meeting as a church body on June 13, 1993. But the church, as Chad mentioned, is not a building. In fact, when Crestview Baptist Church started meeting, they started meeting at Earl Owensby Studios in one of the rooms over there. And God blessed it. The church is not a building. And we mistake that sometimes that this is the most important thing that we have. But this building is not the most important thing that we have. The most important thing that we have is Jesus Christ. And those that are called by Jesus Christ and adopted into his family, that makes up the church. We are a local congregation. We have chosen to come together as one body to serve our Savior. But you see, God has a blueprint for his church. And on Wednesday nights, we've been going through the book of Acts and God's timing is perfect because this past Wednesday night, we just finished talking about the very first church. And it's in these verses that we find for his church. So if you would turn to Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 42, then I'm going to jump to 46 and 47 and look at God's blueprint. So if you would turn there and if you would stand as I read this. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And it says this, And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching... And to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Then if you jump down to 46 and 47, it says this. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Let's pray. Our blessed Lord and Savior, please bless the reading of your word and speak through me today. And it's in the holy name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You see, on the day of Pentecost, that is 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Jesus was crucified and rose again. 50 days later, he met with his disciples on top of the mount just outside. It says a Sabbath day's journey from Jerusalem. And there he gave them orders. He told them to stay put until... The one that He had promised came to them. And then He ascended into heaven. He also told them that they would receive power and that they would be His, his witnesses. And they were obedient. And they did. And they went and they all came together and they waited in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. It says they met in the upper room. Many think that it's was the upper room of a house. Some people think that or say because of the number of people that it says because it actually tells us in Acts that it is 120 people. This is women, men, his his disciples and they all met to, met together and they proceeded to do exactly what Jesus said and that was to wait. They were being obedient. So they came together as one body and they began to pray and they dealt with the business one of the things they did is they elected or chose a new disciple to take Judas's place because Jesus had told chose 12 disciples now there was only 11 so they chose Matthias to take Judas's place but then Something miraculous happened. They heard the sound of a rushing, mighty wind. And as that wind came through, tongues of fire began to rest on their heads, and they began to speak in different tongues. And many people believed that they were meeting in the upper room of the temple, in the outer courts of the temple where they would meet together. And people around, because they were celebrating the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Fruits, they were people that had come from all over to come to worship and celebrate the feast in Jerusalem. And many people would have been around the temple at that time. And it said that great multitudes of people came and were drawn to the noise And they began to hear them speaking in their native languages. And they were amazed because all these people were from Israel. They were all Jews. They were not learned people. But they were speaking in all these different languages. And everybody was able to hear and understand what they were saying in their native tongue. But then Peter stood up and began to speak. And he started to speak and he started quoting the prophet Joel. And he basically tells them about Jesus. And he preached and told them about Jesus and told them something that they had never heard before. And when he had finished speaking, They were so eager to respond, they actually asked, what do we do now? What are we supposed to do to fix this? And Peter responds, by repenting and being baptized. And the Bible says that around 3,000 people were added to their numbers that day. 3,000 people responded to the the gospel of Jesus Christ. That church in one day grew from 120 people to 3,120 because they responded to the gospel. So here's the very first point I want to make to you. If you look at Acts at the first, or actually look at verse 41. And forty-two. So then, those who received His Word were baptized, and that day they were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So the first part of God's blueprint is salvation. You see, a church must be built on the master's plan has to begin with the right raw material. It has to build upon a foundation that is solid. And as Chad read the verse that he read for the children's sermon, he said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Think about this. Jesus Christ is the rock. And He has already defeated death, hell, and the grave for us. So there is no way that hell can defeat His church if we are based and founded upon the rock of Jesus Christ. But a church must begin with those that have been gloriously saved through the grace of Jesus Christ. Church is like-minded people coming together under one banner. Paul says that we are the body of Christ and as just as many the body is made up of many members, so are we, but our head is not the pastor. Our head is not the deacon board. Our head is Jesus Christ. He is the shepherd of this flock. He is the head of this body of believers. And you cannot be part of that body without knowing Jesus Christ. So the first part of the plan, God's master blueprint, is salvation. The second is, notice what it says, that they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. It's Bible study, plain and simple. They relied on the apostles' communication to them of who Jesus was and what he had done for them. They trusted in Jesus. They put their faith in Jesus. They received salvation. But that was not enough. They wanted to know more. Do you guys realize, I think the King James Version say, uh, the Apostles' Doctrine. My version, the New American Standard, says Apostles' Teaching. It's the same thing. We received the Apostles' teaching. You may say, well, how do we receive the apostles' teachings or the apostles' doctrine? It is the entire New Testament. When they were getting together and they were, they, that's what they were doing. They were getting it firsthand. The letters that Paul wrote, he wrote to the church teaching them. We have the same information, the exact same thing that they had then. We have now. Some people say, well, well, the Bible's too difficult for me to understand. Let me tell you, I was listening as I was getting ready for services today. I was listening to uh, Charles Stanley, and he was preaching about the conviction of Scripture, the uh, convictions about the Bible. And he said this, and it, and it it was really good. He said, if the Bible, if God gave us the Bible as simple as we wanted to have it, that we would read it one time and put it down. He said, the Bible is difficult. It's difficult because it deals with us where we need to be dealt with. And just because we don't want to hear it, just because we don't want to change ourselves, that's what makes it difficult. But the fact that it is difficult is is the fact that we keep picking it up and reading it. And every time we read Scripture... There is something new that we find. God reveals more and more of himself together uh, through the reading of his word. But we have the exact same thing that the early church had. They had it just like we do. And they continued in Bible study. The second thing, or the second part of God's blueprint for his church is fellowship. Now, guys, this is a little bit different than just getting together and spending time. You see, the word the Greek word used here for fellowship is koine uh, or koonia. It means to share something. There is a association, a communion, a fellowship, a participation. But when it gets down to it, is that we share something. Part of fellowship. These verses that I just read said they they broke bread together. They took their meals together. Not only was it that they ate together, but just like we're going to do later in the service, they shared the communion table together. But part of fellowship it's also holding each other accountable. It is correcting one another. You see, 1 John 1.7 says this, But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. This past year has been very difficult on all churches. Every congregation has had to deal with the same thing. The separation that we've experienced, not being able to be together, has been very difficult. Some have got out of the practice. Myself, I'm going to be honest with you, I've missed you. I've missed being together with a whole group. I've missed being able to take meals together. And we're finally able to do this again. And I am so excited about that. About being able to be together and to eat. And to spend time just talking. But this fellowship that they experienced in the first century church took it to a whole different level. God did not intend for us to do it by ourselves. God laid out a blueprint for the church that included fellowship. We are not solitary beings. We want to be with people. We want to be around each other. And when we... Let's face it. Guys, you remember, it's not been so many years ago, you remember having business meeting where everybody got mad? Yes. You remember those? Were those enjoyable? I'm I'm sure there, there may have been one or two people that really, really enjoyed it because they liked to argue and everything else. But for the most part, it was the most miserable thing I've ever experienced in church. this fellowship there is a unity of mind and spirit doesn't say that we all have to get agree with each other but there it goes past that and it passes those differences and we are united through Jesus Christ it's not about who gets their way it's about what god wants and what Jesus is leading us to do. And being obedient one as a, one body moving in the same direction. That's God's blueprint. Thank goodness we've not had one of those types of business meetings in quite a long time. In fact, David told me that there's times that he's like, Oh, are we don't to have enough discussion to even have a meeting. But you know what? That's okay. It's a lot better than the alternative. And then the fourth part of God's blueprint is prayer. We cannot be a church without prayer. Prayer demonstrates a dependence on the Lord and trust in His promise. Look at what John wrote In John 14.14, Jesus says this, if you ask me anything in my name, what does it say there? I will do it. That doesn't mean that if I pray for a Lamborghini, that God's going to give me a Lamborghini. Because if I am in fellowship with God the way I need to be in fellowship with God, what I am asking Him is going to coincide with His will for me. That's not saying that if we have a need that that we don't need to pray about it. Yes, we need to pray about it. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Not everybody knows this. Some do, but not everybody knows this. Everybody knows I don't drive brand new vehicles. Mainly because I've got kids and kids are driving and kids wreck things. And we have one of our sons that has been responsible for putting quite a few dings in all of our vehicles and even his own. But at the same time, We've had four or five wrecks in our vehicles. So when you have older vehicles, you have issues and they're not always running. Well, we got down to where we had one vehicle and I was praying about how we were going to get another vehicle, That, that the one that we were driving, our old suburban we had put so many miles on that thing. It had over 300,000 miles. And we had replaced the transmission, the rear end, everything. And it was getting to where we didn't know if it was going to run or not. And that was what we were left with. So I was praying, God, I need a vehicle. I need, Please make a way that I can get another vehicle. And I met somebody for lunch one day. And they said, what are you doing driving that? And I said, it's the only thing we got now. And they said, well, I want to be a blessing. They they were going to let me use a vehicle. I said, no. I said, how much do you want for it? And they said, nothing. It's yours. And they gave me that Mustang that I drive. That literally is a gift from God. That's God answering a need that I had in my life. And we have been so blessed by that. We have been so blessed by having that other vehicle. But that's what God does. He meets our needs. And as examples in our church. This last year, I said it's been difficult. We went many months without having any service. In fact, today is the first day that we've had a... a, a bulletin since last March. So it's been difficult. But one thing that has stayed true is that every time we've had a need here in this church and we've made it a matter of prayer, we have been able to do it. We needed a new roof. We knew that we could not go into debt again to get a new roof, but we needed a new roof. People were faithful and God blessed. We got down to where we got the bids and we had a bid that we could afford. But we were $8,000 short. When we said, let's accept that bid and go ahead and get the work. And we told our church we need $8,000 more. And God blessed and not only did we get that $8,000 to pay cash for that roof, we got more than we needed and were able to do some other things. We were able to replace heat pumps that needed to be replaced. We fixed the roof. We fixed or were working on getting a new sound system. We bought a new camera for our streaming services. And all of it has been paid for. Through the faithfulness of God's people and through blessings of God himself. Because we made it a matter of prayer. And he answered those prayers. Church, we cannot function. If we do not want to include prayer and our services. We do not want to be, conclude prayer as part of our main focuses. We might as well close the doors because we're done. Because we have to have time spending time with God and communicating with Him. Now the results of following God's blueprint. Look at verses 46 and 47. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. The result of following God's blueprint is unity. The church is meant to worship God and learn his word together. But it is also meant to do more. God wants us to share our lives with one another. One body, one mind, one purpose. There was a unity. And there will be unity if we are the church that God has created us to be. The second thing is worshipful lives. The Bible says that there was gladness and sincerity of heart, and that they were praising God and having favor with all people. They had a good reputation, not only amongst those that attended the church, but those outside of the church. Living a life of worship will impact those around us. What kind of reputation do we have? Not asking what kind of reputation I have, asking what kind of reputation we have. We all impact that reputation. How we act, what we say, what we do. Do we go out and, and live our lives in such a way that it does not bring glory to Christ? And then tell people, oh, I attend Crestview. I've actually seen online somebody say, well, I attend Crestview Baptist Church. And somebody responded, oh, well, I didn't know you went to church. Listen, it's not my church, it's not your church, it's God's church. And when we fall out of favor with people, that reflects upon our Savior. I always told our children our kids when we would go on trips, remember who you belong to and act like it. Not only are you representing your families, you're representing our church, and you're representing your Savior. However, you act is going to reflect on those three. What kind of reputation do we have? Are we living worshipful lives? And then the third thing and final thing is multiplication. What does it say there at the end of verse 47? And the Lord was adding to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Church, listen, the end result of being obedient to Jesus will be a growing church. Not because we did it, but because He did it. You see, we are commanded in the Great Commission to go out and to make disciples of all people. In, in Acts 1.8, it also tells us that after we receive the Holy Spirit, that we will be His witnesses. We are commanded, each of us individually are commanded to share our faith, to make disciples, to baptize them, to teach them to obey Christ's commands. This church did the same thing. And what did it say? That they were added to daily God was adding to them daily the ones that were being saved. We are not the ones that do the work. We are not the ones that are to convict people. We're not the ones to change people. We are our job is to introduce them to the one who can. Jesus Christ is the only one that can save a soul. Not me, not David, not Sandra. I, I, I play, I play the, the, some, some games that I play with people from all over the world. And um, somebody said they better watch what. And my name on there is Preacher on this game. And sometimes it takes people a while to realize that I'm really a preacher. Um, and when it clicks with them, it's sort of funny some of the conversations. I actually was asked uh, yesterday. Um, somebody shared a prayer request with me, asking me to pray for them because they had something going on in their life. and I said I definitely will, and I did. It. But somebody said, "You got to be careful what you say, or your preacher will send you, to, or not let you go to heaven." My response was, "That's not my call." And the guy that he, the, another guy said, "No, preachers just the middleman." And I said, that's probably the best explanation I've ever heard about what my job is. That's what all of our jobs are. We're middlemen. We are in the middle between a saving Savior and a lost world. And our job is to get those two together. Our job is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, what Jesus did for us and how he changed our lives. and get somebody to come to that same knowledge. We're in the middle. And Jesus Christ is the only one that can do the work. But we've got to get Jesus, or get the people that need Him, to Jesus. And God will multiply our numbers. Listen, I could stand up here. I could preach like Billy Graham. I could stand on my head. I could do like some of the television evangelists and I could hit people in the head and knock them out and, 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 and tell you that if you give me a million dollars, I can guarantee something for you. I mean, I could do all that. I could tell you that anything that you wanted to hear. But you know what? That wouldn't be the truth. All I can do is like Paul said, And preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the only thing I can share because that's the truth and that's the basis for being a church in the first place. Church, if we want our church to grow, we have to be obedient. First is that we have to push the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to tell people how to accept Him, how to be saved. We've got to teach them to obey all the commands. How do we do that? By teaching this book. This is our foundation. This is the apostles' doctrine. It's what they taught. We have it. We have to read it. We have to know it. Do we have all the answers? No. But God does. And if you're faithful and, and trusting Him, He will give you those answers. We have to fellowship one for, with another. We have to love each other. We have to get involved in each other's lives. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. It is not good when somebody has to tell you, well, it doesn't feel good when it's going on, but it's, it's for the best. When they say, hey, you're messed up, you need to fix this. But that's part of fellowship. Proverbs says iron sharpens iron. Well, how does iron sharpen iron? It knocks off all the rough pieces to where it sharpens both. God wants us to be sharp. And then we've got to be able to pray. We need to make that a priority. There have been times that I've seen this church gather together in prayer and pray so hard. But we've got to be able to do that, church. We've got to seek God's face. Not only individually, but as a whole. church, that's the blueprint for a healthy church. I might ask Sandra and the musicians to come up. We're not done with our service. We are going to fellowship and we are going to break bread and receiving communion today. But I want to explain something to you. Practice what is called open communion here. Let me explain that to you. The only requirement that we have for receiving communion is that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I know there's people here that can't do that. But I want to give them the opportunity. I would love for us to be able to have communion together and somebody for the very first time as a born-again child of God. So we're going to have our invitation. If God is dealing with you, if you don't know Jesus Christ personally, this is your chance to get that taken care of. I would be thrilled beyond belief to be able to tell you how to accept Jesus Christ and how to let Him into your life and let Him begin to change you. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not all going to be rainbows and roses. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be difficulties. But any relationship is like that. And as God begins to work on us and build us, it does get difficult. But I want to give you that opportunity. If God is leading you to become part of this congregation, I want to talk to you about that. If you're needing to get baptized, I would love to talk to you about that. Whatever God is leading you to do, follow his leadership right now. Do not leave this place with unresolved. Of did it take you care of As we sing these songs, did it
2: take you care of would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation number three hundred five? I have decided to follow Jesus. Three hundred and five.
1: Celebrate the Lord's Supper or communion as a body of believers. Jesus took the bread, and he blessed it, and he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Lord, please remind us that it is by your stripes that we are healed, and that your body was broken upon the cross for us. In the blessed name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Take me. Thank you. Up. And he said, this is my blood that is spilt for you. Lord, we thank you for the fact that your blood was shed for us, that it is what has washed our sins away. Bless us today. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Take and drink. The Bible says that as they finished, they sang a song and went out. We're going to do that also. But before we go out, I'm going to ask our Deacon of the Week, Nick, if he would mind grabbing a microphone. And blessing our food that we're going to receive. When we finish our song, I would ask that you would allow senior adults to go first and guests to go to the Fellowship Hall first. There are sanitizing stations, hand sanitizers set up for everybody to be able to sanitize your hands before you go through. Please remember, kids, don't rush out there. Let our senior adults go first. Give them the opportunity to get there as well as our guests. And if Nick, if you wouldn't mind blessing the food for us.
3: Yes, I'll do that as well.
0: Heavenly Father, we have so much to be thankful for today, Lord. Thank you for Betsy's opportunity to be baptized. Thank you for the opportunity for all of us to be together to worship you, to honor you, to learn more about you. Thank you for the food that's ready and waiting for us in the fellowship hall. Lord, we ask that you'd bless that food to our bodies. Help us fellowship again there in that hall and to leave this place safely and return again to continue honoring you. We ask that we'd reflect your light as we go out into the world and help others know the joy that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
2: Be the tie, we'll sing the first verse, page 387.